Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu, and I talk about the four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom, and nobody embodies that more than digital nomadism because you have to have money, you have to have, be able to travel and do the things you do, and Ed is a perfect example of that type of freedom. He's an entrepreneur, digital nomad, social media influencer, and also a, a, a tech guru. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation, and I'm happy to welcome him to the show. Welcome, Ed. Oh, man, that is a flattering intro. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we met through Podmatch, and um, you know, like I said, I'm always interviewing people on the cutting edge, the leading edge, changing society. So I'm always interested in people's um, origin stories. So tell us more how you got started and how you came to be. Okay. So um, when I was in college, I, so I'm one of like the early viral video producers on YouTube. I, I had my first viral video, I think when I was like 19, me and my friend, we set, I, I passed the statute of limitations now, so I could talk about this. We set the fastest driven lap of Manhattan in a car. We drove around Manhattan faster than anybody else in a car. And uh, <laughs> we made a video about that. And we we, la we launched a video on YouTube. And this was in the early days of YouTube. So I think maybe the year was like 2010 when we put that video up. And uh, it didn't really get many views. And then a year later, I had a class in college. And the professor told me, like, if you do something that you think journalists will care about, it's not enough to just like put it out there. You actually have to send it to the journalists. And I was real dumb with marketing at the time. I was just a kid. I was still learning. And so I took this video and I sent it out to all these like auto blog journalists and the biggest auto blog Jalopnik featured it on their front page for two days. And then we ended up being on like the news in New York city. And, and my parents would see it on the news and they didn't know it was me. And they think the driver was really dumb because we, we hit our identity and it was really dumb. I was a kid. I was a dumb kid. <laughs> And yeah, and then we made like we made a bunch more viral videos on YouTube. During that time, I was also working in New York City nightlife. Then around like the age of like 24, all of my friends started getting into tech. Everyone realized like tech was the place to be. And I was genuinely interested in marketing. And I thought learning SEO, search engine optimization, would be like the coolest thing in the world. Do you, you know what SEO is, right? Yeah, search yeah. engine optimization. Um, but for the listeners, you know, um, most of are familiar, but, you know, feel free to expand as you need. Yeah, I thought I actually we had made um, we had made a video, me and my friend, we had made a video information product at the time about how to make viral videos. And it sold a few copies uh, and got us like more importantly, got us some email list subscribers. It wasn't ranking on Google. And I was trying to understand how to make it rank on Google. And as I like went down that rabbit hole about how to make it rank, how to make stuff rank on Google, I just became really interested in that. I figured like 
understanding Google meant understanding the internet. And I think that was the case up until now with like AI where search is completely shifting. Yeah, so I, I, I worked really hard learning SEO. I went to an agency to do SEO for Fortune 100 companies like Procter & Gamble or ADP. Started my own agency doing it for Microsoft and Time Inc. Uh, and SMBs. And uh, I, I think I'm probably one of the best search engine optimizers in the world now. And, you know, what happened was I've, I've been thinking a lot about like proximity to being proximity to being around like great people. Some of my mentors at home in New York, where I'm from, came to me and they're like, Edward, you're one of the best marketers that we know. It'd be really cool to do like a crypto project together. And this was in 2017 when these things called ICOs, initial coin offerings, were blowing up. And so they thought by having a guy like me on board, they would make a lot of money. And as it turned out, they were right. Uh, yeah. And so we actually made the first uh, video game in crypto. The we literally invented this genre called play to earn which has now become a multi-billion dollar genre in blockchain. Um, we made the first game in that, and it did, it did quite well. And uh, I marketed it very similar to the way that I marketed that driving video. I, I found um, crypto influencers, blockchain influencers, who I thought would be interested, and I sent it to them. And they were, and they featured us for free. A lot of people think like press, pe like people have to pay for press, but if you... Find the right people to care about what you're doing. They'll publish it to the right audience and they, they won't charge you just because they need content. And uh, yeah, we made that game. I started traveling. Um, that was four years ago that I started traveling. And I've lived in like 30 countries. It's been, it's been a wild life. So uh, yeah. yeah. Now, now I, I guess I just, I just crossed 30,000 followers on TikTok. Yeah. Um, all my other channels are growing. And we have, uh, I have two other projects as well. I have this one project called Reverb, Reverb.chat, which is a voice recorder where you record your voice and share it with the link. And mm. that one has had over a million users. We're getting new customers every day with that who, get, who pay us MRR. We're putting in a feature now where users will be able to record their voice and transform it with AI into any famous person's voice. So you can record your voice and then, and then turn it into like, Kanye West or something. Actually, I, I pretend I didn't say that until Yanye East. We're using different names um, and send it. Yeah, send send it to anyone. I think it'll go. It could go really viral. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and then another project called Commit Club, which incentivizes people into doing daily challenges that are good for their well being. Yeah, that's that's my life. That's tell me about your life, Chris. I want to hear about. I want to hear about this guy's life. I'm I'm super. I'm, I'm super happy to be talking to you. Well, uh, I'm a physician by training and, um, uh, you know, I got my financial freedom through real estate um, and retired seven years ago now. But, uh, you know, I got early because I, I went to undergrad with uh, Brian Armstrong. And yeah, uh, yeah. So we went we both went to Rice together. And um, and uh, so we stayed in touch. And um, that's when I got introduced. Dude, I have I have a hilarious story about Brian Armstrong. So I was I was living I lived in Kiev in Ukraine for two years. I left literally 10 days before the war started. Uh, 10 days after I left, the airport that I flew out of was hit by a missile. You know, mm. It's some wild stuff. But this was, I guess this was, this must have been six months or seven months before the war started. It was summer in Kiev. And a friend from New York was visiting me in Kiev. We were at the, we were leaving this restaurant and we walked by this bald dude and I said to my friend, my friend Yuri, I said to my friend, I said, I said, Yuri, 
I'm like, yo, Yuri, that's Brian Armstrong. And he's like, he's like, Edward, no, it's not. And I'm like, Yuri, I'm serious. Like, I know what Brian Armstrong looks like. I I work in crypto. That's Brian Armstrong. He's like, he's like, he's like, Edward, what is the founder of Coinbase doing in 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 Kiev? I'm like, no, seriously, that's that's him. And he's like, you're the worst with faces. And so no, I insisted that it was Brian Armstrong. And I thought, and I really thought it was Brian Armstrong. And I and I get closer. And as I'm about to say hi, I realize it's not Brian Armstrong. And, and, but I'm so, he saw me coming anyway. So I had to actually say hi because it would be weird if I turned around. So I, I'm like, I'm like, oh, dude, I thought you were Brian Armstrong. And it wasn't the guy. I think he was like Norwegian or something. Yeah. And I totally thought I, I, I was meeting Brian Armstrong in Kiev. Yeah. And I wasn't. But you actually know Brian. But I mean, we went to school together. I mean, and then, um, you know, he introduced me to, you know, Bitcoin back in 2012. So at that time, it was really revolutionary. And I was like, oh, because everything was moving towards digital payments. And and then uh, then he started talking about Ethereum in 2017. So got in early. So, and um, and ever since it's been it's been awesome. Uh, you know, so much um, development in the space and a lot of creatives, entrepreneurs, um, of course, you know, a lot of bad actors as well. So we have to educate, you know, the audiences about how to uh, protect themselves. Uh, it's great moving from Web 2 into Web 3 and, um, you know, crypto is part of it. NFTs are part of it. Um, and it's just a whole revolution. Are you are you aware of the uh, the bet, like the, the, the viral bet that's going on on Twitter right now? It's like the doomsday scenario bet that's going on. Uh, from Balaji, I think. Yeah, yes. <laughs> And then uh, Bitcoin to a million in three months. Yeah, dude, I was I was binging on that content last week, and or or maybe the week before, but I, I was binging on this, and man, I was spiraling. I was so worried. <laughs> I mean, I'm still pretty worried. Like, it's hard to imagine the global reserve currency hyperinflating. Yeah, like it's it's really yeah, it's really hard to imagine that. Um, but but at the same time. I don't know. Actually, I just made a TikTok about how about like so I make a lot of videos about AI now. I'm as as like someone who's so deep in search engine optimization, I know how algorithms work. And Google right now it, it looks to be very disrupted. Disrupted. So what what's happening in AI I'm paying like super, super close attention to, making tons of videos about it, writing about it in my newsletter. Like it, it's just the most interesting thing. Um I, I just made a video about how like with this AI arms race going on. A lot of people are saying like the end is near. Generations have been saying the end is near before us, and like here we are. And the generation before us thought that they were the last generation because of nukes. I'm sure like the with the wars happening, my grandparents' generation also thought they were the last generation. And everyone's been saying the end is near. It really feels like the end is near with AI. I don't know. It it, it like all these all these. Black Swan predictions—they never end up happening. The thing—the scary thing about Balaji is that he did predict COVID. Oh. He did predict. That's that's what's really scary. Yeah, he, he yeah. actually has a great track record for predictions, and people take people are taking this bet really seriously because, like, he's right about a lot of things, and he thinks that the the U.S. dollar is going to be hyperinflated in the next ninety days. Uh-huh. If, if you, you have, if you're listening, you don't know. This guy predicted that in the next 90 days, actually, he predicted this 20 days ago. So now in the next like 70 days, the U.S. dollar is going to be hyperinflated and and the price of Bitcoin is going to go up to a million dollars. That's what he predicted. And he predicted this. He, he believes in this so much that he bet someone like two million dollars. He gave someone like two million dollars of his own money 
in exchange for two Bitcoin or something, or it was like some deal like that. But a lot of people, here's the thing that people aren't really talking about. I think he has most of his net worth in Bitcoin and his net worth is pretty substantial. So if he moves the price even like a little bit, then he actually makes money. He makes more than two million. Tell us uh, what, what's interesting is uh, tell us about, um, well, one is TikTok and, and you say it's um, one of the uh, best platforms for because um, you got into viral video marketing and one of the biggest hacks out there for social people wanting to grow their audience, following, build a brand. But I think TikTok is like the big, it's the biggest cash grab on the internet. Have you made any videos on TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. I've done, I've, I've built a following around 10, 10,000 followers. So, um, I think one of my videos went, got 60,000 views. And nice. was, um, but I, I see, you know, I see influencers such as you, others, um, you utilizing the platform. And it's really interesting, this whole idea of viral shorts. So tell the audience more potential in that. Yeah. So the crazy thing about TikTok, and it, I was kind of, in, I was like daunted. I was living in Rome. And uh, for months, people had been telling me to get on TikTok. It, like I lived in all these different places and for months. So I was like, I was living in Romania and my friends were like, you should start on TikTok. And I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Then I was back home in New York for the summer. Tons of people like, you're really interesting. You should be on TikTok. <laughs> then I went back to Bucharest, Romania. I was started going on all these podcasts. Hosts were like, you're great. TikTok is blown up. You should be on TikTok. And then finally, after, after Romania, I went to Rome. And I was living in Rome and I was meeting, I was meeting people at this, like, at this club that I'm a part of. And one of them had a lot of friends who, were, who was on TikTok. And the reason I actually started doing it was because up until that point, I thought to make TikTok videos, you actually had to put in all this production value. So what, is that, what does production value mean? Like, I thought you needed to have like a great camera and lighting. And then you had to edit things on your computer using like, Adobe Premiere Pro, um, and then you had to find the music, and you had to get a tool to put in like automatic captions and all of that stuff. And then, and then once you do that, maybe you could get your work your workflow fast enough that it would take you like an hour to to make each video, and then you would upload the video and something like that. I, I just really didn't want to do that, and that's that's why it took me so many months to actually start on TikTok. And so, without even trying, I should have just tried myself. I met this guy and he's like, he had all these, he, he has all these friends who are TikTok influencers. And he's like, he's like, no man, like my friends spend like 15 to 20 minutes on a video and the video will get a million, 2 million, 10 million views. Uh, he's like, they make everything in the app. And so I said, okay, I'm going to try it. And the in-app editor for TikTok is incredible because it gives you, it transcribes everything that you say. So it gives you captions in the app. It gives you all the music in the app. Things actually look really crisp and clear. You don't need to have like the best equipment. And it turns out that it's not even about how nice your shots look. It's more about the hook of the video. And so um, my most popular video on TikTok has 4.2 million views. Nice. And it, that one took me, that one literally took me 15 minutes to make. It took wow. me 15 minutes, including the time that I shot it, that I recorded it and edited it. And put in music. No, I was sorry. It was 25 minutes. It took me 25 minutes for 4.2 million views. And um, I've made actually right before this, I made like eight different TikToks. And the reason why this is like the GOAT channel, why this is the best place to do digital marketing right now, is because there are tools 
that first of all, it's like the best in-app editor, like IG reels, Facebook reels, YouTube shorts, they're in-app editors. It's just like, they should copy exactly what TikTok is doing because it's so easy and seamless. Mm. So you can make a good video, an engaging video really fast, and then you can connect your TikTok to all your other social media platforms that use mobile short, short form video and make it so whenever you release a video on TikTok, it's syndicated without the watermark everywhere else. That, that tool is called reusevideo.com it, and it literally syndicates your videos from TikTok or, or anywhere without the watermark on every other platform. And so you can get exposure on every single platform. And it's incredible. Like my, my IG now is growing really fast because I have all my videos on TikTok going to IG and to Facebook and to Pinterest and to YouTube and to Twitter and to LinkedIn, even LinkedIn. You can even do this on LinkedIn. Yeah. And so that's why I, I very strongly believe that it's like the best place on the internet yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Tell us, uh, you know, I know because, um, you know, TikTok's under the spotlight, you know, they're considering banning it. And oh, yeah. Tell us about that, you know, for creators and, you know, who have amassed a huge following, you know, what are you, how are you hedging and what are you doing? Yeah. So actually, I, I think it might actually happen. I mean, I'm growing so fast on TikToks. So. <laughs> but I think, I think there's a good chance that it'll actually happen. But I'm hedging through IG Reels. I think. The thing about IG, IG Reels is that there's a lot of engagement on Instagram. Instagram Reels have a lot of engagement. Um, the click-through rates to like the link in your bio is, is very high on oh. IG. And their in-app editor, while it's not nearly anywhere as good as, as TikToks, I think they're improving it pretty fast. And uh, I still think like it's a, it's a, good, place, it's a good place to be. Yes. So I... I but actually, the other way that I'm hedging, and this only really works for me, is I'm in Europe. And so if it gets banned in the US, <laughs> I still make my videos out here in Europe. Yeah. And, and then they'll go automatically to every other, uh, every other platform, which is used in, in the United States. Oh, so like a location arbitrage. Yeah, it's a totally unfair hedge. It's a totally unfair, but the, 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 just the in-app editor on TikTok is so incredible. It just makes engaging content so easy. Yeah. It's, I, I really like, I recommend to anybody to just mess around with it. I mean, I don't know. There's, I, I say chances that it gets banned 50-50. There are so many people on it and uh, mm. it, yeah, I, I, it's, it's really hard to tell what happens. Yeah. Um, no. The other, what, what do you think? Actually, what do you think? Do you think it will be banned? Well, the thing is, uh, I'm I'm along with the same as you. You know, fifty fifty. Because uh, did you watch the hearing, the congressional hearing? I saw. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The CEO looked really. Um, he looked. They. He looked like they. They got to him. Like he looked stressed, and you know. Some of the questions. Some of the questions <laughs> weren't weren't the best. Other questions. I'm. I, I'm. I was watching, and I'm just like, God, like. Have they even tried using this thing? Like, yeah. well, TikTok made the better product, and and it came out of you know it came it came out of China, so it may, now, it has the best product. It really yeah. does have the best product. And now and now they have to ban it because they can't compete with it because everybody's on it, and that's that's you know uh, you know. But um, I'm interested in AI because now you're because really this whole ChatGPT and and it's going to change search engine optimization. You know uh, everything from white collar jobs. You know creatives. Uh, well, I'm curious to get your take on it. 
Yeah. So Sam Altman, the co-founder of OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, he he had a good a good epiphany about about what happened. And um, I think like thirty years ago, this is kind of what he says. Like, and but and I agree. Like thirty years ago, you know, everyone thought that artificial intelligence was first going to make the blue collar jobs obsolete, the plumbers and the and the farmers and the mechanics. Like those were going to be the first ones to go. And it's really been the opposite. It, in fact, like people thought the last jobs to go would be the creative job. It, now, like I've been using Midjourney quite a bit. Midjourney makes the most incredible images using like text, textual prompts to make images. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, ChatGPT can write really great copy. In fact, the developers have have had to like dumb ChatGPT down, so it will be like more. Uh, predictable that it's AI. They they want to make it so so it's worse at passing the Turing test, which is you know the test of whether the Turing test says if you can tell that something is AI, then it fails the Turing test. If you can't tell that it's AI, then it passes the Turing test. And the developers behind ChatGPT want to make it fail the Turing test so you can tell that it's AI. So there will be less misinformation out there. So students will will use it less for cheating. So people will not generate bogus articles and all, and all these things. And so, yeah, it, it's, I think uh, for like the creative class, it's, it's quite frightening for what it's doing. I think a really good hedge, I think a lot about how to be on the right side of history with AI. I make a lot of content about this. I think a lot about this. If you're doing a startup, focusing on community is really important. Our startup, Reverb.chat, where you record your voice and you share it in the cloud, uh, we have a good community around that, but also the, just the nature of the app is not one that can be easily disrupted by AI. Uh, I think I think becoming a micro-influencer, such like you're doing or like I'm doing, that's a really good way to hedge against AI. But, but yeah, I, I mean, like so many, even developers are losing their jobs. And, and for a long time, people thought like becoming a developer was a safe bet. That's That was the path to just like having a very comfortable living. I mean, ChatGPT can write really good code now. Yes. So I, it's, it's, it's insane and it's moving so fast. So we launched our product commit, commit club. We launched a second version of it on Product Hunt on December 2nd. I was living, right now I travel between Warsaw and Barcelona. I'm staying with my girlfriend here in Barcelona. And I met her when I was living in Barcelona the first time. And, I, and, and now I'm like, crashing in Warsaw and Poland for a bit and coming here. And uh, so I was living in Barcelona on at the beginning of December, and we launched our product commit club on Product Hunt, which is the best place for launching technology products. If you have any sort of technology product, you've got to do a product hunt launch. It's the best place. Like you get, It's literally used by like the garage startups and the mm-hmm. mega corporations. And so we launched on December 2nd, and we were number one for most of the day. And we were going to finish, which is a huge achievement, to come, to come out number one on Product Hunt. And then there was this other product that launched at the, at the, on that same day. No one had heard of it. The emblem like kind of looked boring, and it was this product called ChatGPT. <laughs> and and you know, like, no one had heard of this. And actually, it started the day really slow. They like ChatGPT launched on the same day as us, and it started really slow. And it slowly started to climb. 
And then by like 2 p.m., it was number, it beat us on product hunt and it was number one. And we finished the day at number two. ChatGPT finished the day at number one, and, and it, but it finished by a landslide. It had like four times as many upvotes as us on, on this platform on product hunt. Yeah. And I used, I remember using it on that day and no one had, had heard of it because it had just launched. Yeah. And I ended up staying up. I go to sleep now at like at like nine or ten, but I stayed up until four a.m. using it. And wow. I and I like wrote in my personal like marketing journal like this is the most transformative piece of technology in the last twenty years. This is insane. Even I think even more than like Bitcoin or blockchain. It's it's more transform transformative. Wow. And what's really wild is is man that was that was f- four months ago. That was like. That was like four, right? Four, yeah. mu- four or five months ago. Man, <laughs> like, look where we are now. Every product is putting AI into it. We have AI in our product, Commit Club, like, <laughs> which uses GPT tech. And so, so things are like, in fact, with the most recent announcement from ChatGPT, this thing called plugins, which allows you to basically turn any user infer- interface into just like a textual interface where you can tell apps what to do when they connect to each other. So wow. you can like plugins. Have you heard about plugins in ChatGPT? Uh, I've heard about it. I need to um, study more because it just it just came out, I think, two weeks ago or... Uh, they just came out. It just came out. It's in fact, it's still rolling out. Plugins make it so you can connect like any app that has an API in the, on the internet to each other and just tell them what to do using text commands. So you can say to ChatGPT, like, like, hey, ChatGPT, uh, I want to go to, I'm, 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 in Bar- I'm in New York City right now. I live in New York City, and I want to do a trip to Barcelona in a month. Um, and so find me, uh, find me like a nice hotel or a good Airbnb by La Rambla. Keep it within like this price range. Uh, I want to have ceviche like halfway through the trip. Um, but but book me some like medium price restaurants for most of the trip and plan an itinerary for what I should do. I'll, I want to stay in economy on the flight. So get like pretty cheap tickets and you can tell it to do all this stuff and it'll just go and do that on its own, connecting to all these different platforms like Airbnb or Expedia or or any oh, it, it'll book it'll book your Ubers and, and your restaurants. And then it just gives you payment links to pay or you can just give it like your credit card and it'll pay for you. And I mean, it's, it's more insane than a personal assistant. And, and so these are plugins. And the reason I even bring this up is because in the, in the four or five months since, since ChatGPT launched, all these startups got funding to do exactly what these plugins are doing. And these startups were made obsolete in like a month and they were created in like three months after, after this thing launched. And this thing is moving at such an unpredictable pace. That yeah. we don't even know what the future will look like by the end of the year. Yeah. We don't. E- we can't even tell what the future will look like with AI by the end of the year. Yeah, it's, it's yeah incredible, and and it's also like um, you know, a lot of people calling out the ban chat. Like, oh, of course, it's- yeah, oh yeah, like Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak <laughs> signed. They signed this like moratorium on on yeah. AI, saying like, okay, like ChatGPT GPT four is great, but let's not let's like take a pause and not develop beyond GPT-4 for the next six months. And I think that's like, it's, it's good intention, but it's completely unrealistic because even if one company like OpenAI chooses to do that, 
maybe Google won't, maybe some uh, some startup won't. And uh, yeah, I, I'll say this. I watched, I don't know if you've seen this, but Sam Altman, the, the who I mentioned before, the co-founder of OpenAI, he went on the Lex Friedman, he's doing like a big media tour now, and he went on the Lex Friedman podcast for two and a half hours. And this was only oh, a right. week and a half or two weeks ago. And I watched the whole thing on the night that it came out. I stayed up really late again. Like I, I, you know, I go to sleep at 9 p.m. and I wake up at 6, but I stayed up until 1, I think, watching this because it was so important. I really like Sam Altman. I think he's a very benevolent person and he really feels the gravity of this and he wants, he wants the best. And, and he's, he's, in fact, I, I believe he has no equity in the company, even though he's a co-founder yeah. and CEO. He has no equity in the company. He's doing this because he knows that bad actors will also try to develop super intelligence mm. and he wants to develop it before the bad actors. Oh, and man. so, yeah, I mean, I mean, do I make a lot of videos like it really feels like we're living in a science fiction novel now. It's it's kind of unbelievable what's happening like this. This stuff, like if you listen to this podcast, if you listen to me talk, even a year ago, you'd say, this guy's on drugs. <laughs> you'd say, this guy's on crazy drugs. I can't believe you recorded a podcast on mushrooms. That's, that's what you would say. Yeah. And, and, and like this really feels like a novel, yeah. what's happening. How, how can people contact you and follow you, check out, especially your TikTok? I encourage the viewers to check out your TikTok and you know, uh, follow your travels, your experiences, all of that. Oh yeah. Um, on, on TikTok, I'm build in public, build underscore in underscore public Twitter. I'm show progress. Instagram actually is, is my favorite channel now because oh. the engagement is really high. So I'm trying to grow my Instagram. So, uh, that is Edward dot builds. That's my handle on Instagram, Edward dot builds. And then I share all of my, I share all my progress in videos, but I also like write up, I, I share a lot of things that I, that I can't share in videos in my newsletter. Nice. And you can to get to that, you can just go to Ed. You can go to uh, Edwards, yeah. and it'll it'll go to my newsletter. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah. for all the listeners out there, let's thank um, Ed for coming on, really uh, in, innovating, uh, you know, on the cutting edge, and the really thought leader. And be sure to check out his TikTok, which will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much, Ed. Oh, thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next.